Now, as we heard in Media Watch last weekend, News Hub's Jenna Lynch accused Winston Peters of conduct unbecoming a Deputy Prime Minister for his claims that the Public Interest Journalism Fund, launched by the former government, was an instrument of media bribery. Outlandishly and incorrectly claiming the government had, quote, bribed the media through the Public Interest Journalism Fund. You can't defend $55 million of bribery. Repeating for effect. No, 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 you cannot defend $55 million of bribery. And that chimed with the views of the previous Minister of Broadcasting, Willie Jackson. But long before the election, Willie Jackson had confirmed that Labour wouldn't be repeating or renewing the fund if they won. Now, one big reason why would be the long, loud backlash from those who reckoned that the fund did skew news coverage, even though it didn't. But Willie Jackson told a pre-election meeting about media policy that he reckoned the media didn't even need a cash injection on the scale anyway, because another of his government's interventions would provide the Fair Digital News Bargaining Bill, a law change to force online operators like Google and Facebook to pay the media here for the news that they've distributed for years for free. We've got half the journalists that we had now than we had 10 years ago. Huge amount of good journos who've all gone out the door, all gone out the door because these big companies come in, take everything and don't give anything back. If we get this bill through, we'll get a couple of hundred million bucks coming back into the into the market and I think it will help us in terms of sustaining jobs and everything else. $200 million is a very optimistic or maybe even heroic estimate of the revenue that such bargaining might get. That's roughly how much the deals struck with Google and Meta in Australia are estimated to have netted annually, and that's in a media market that's many times larger than ours. But while it did bring big money into the media there, it's been a different story so far in Canada, which the Labour Party also looked to for guidance when writing its bill. Canada's Online News Act, also called Bill C-18, prompted Google to threaten to remove Canadian news from their services last year, and Facebook and Instagram's parent Meta actually did that. This page you see now, mostly full of Canadian outlets about this very story, none of them would show up once the company makes its move. However, last week Google did agree to pay a single collective which would then distribute the funds to the eligible news media agencies based on the number of full-time journalists they employ. And Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said all this was very good news. After months of holding strong, of demonstrating that our commitment to local journalism, to strong independent journalists getting paid for their work, Google has agreed uh, to properly support journalists, including local journalism. Uh, this is a, a, a deal, an agreement, uh, that is going to resonate around the world as countries and democracies struggling with the same challenges that our media landscape in Canada is facing with uh, are going to look at this, and we're very pleased we were there. Unfortunately, Meta continues to completely abdicate any responsibility towards uh, democratic institutions and even stability, uh, but we're going to continue to work positively in, in those areas. The BBC has estimated that Canadian media might get 400 million New Zealand dollars a year from this, and that's without Meta and others coming to the party. But others in the media are warning that all this means that media might end up being dependent for their income on tech companies that really don't care about them, or in some cases are actively hostile to them. Five years ago, Dr Maria Mililati from the AUT School of Communication Studies warned that New Zealand media outlets had become dangerously dependent on Facebook and Google for their online traffic. Her study, The Problem of Platform Dependency, showed that the online platform's share of digital ad revenues was growing fast, 
but news organisations here didn't make any substantial revenue from them. She told MediaWatch at the time that news publishers should pull out of Facebook here and Facebook and Google should pay a tax to ensure that New Zealand journalism survives in the digital world. Well, five years later, the outgoing Labour government left a bill before Parliament that would do just that, but the incoming government has signalled it's not keen, in its words, to tax tech companies. And Miriam Milanati has revisited the relationship between our local media and big tech in a new book called From Paper to Platform. Now, this says that local news organisations which continue to do business using the social media companies and search engines are at the mercy of them and they could change their services at will, not in ways that are good for our media. Instagram's new Threads app, she says, has no appetite for hard news. While Google's search results are offering less news these days, and X, formerly Twitter, has stopped showing news headlines and links on tweets. Meanwhile, Facebook continues to tweak its algorithm, often to promote non-news stuff and suppress real news, in ways that are incremental to the company and its users, but damaging and sometimes devastating to online news operations. This week I asked Dr Maria Milalati if the dependency which was a danger five years ago is still now, and if so, what should our media do about it? If you think that you know Google and Facebook and uh, especially you know these two uh, have become the major funders of the the news and then they also are funding journalism programs, journalism initiatives. The risks are increasing, not decreasing. And the one big thing, of course, is the visibility of the news. And quite rapidly, it's uh, disappearing. The news is disappearing from these platforms. Yeah, you also said um, back then, uh, you said, I'm no tax expert, but either (laughs) uh, they should be levied or taxed, or they should be voluntarily paying something from their ad revenue (laughs) to public interest journalism. After years of not doing a great deal, uh, the Labour-led government uh, did actually put forward a bill. doesn't look like the national government that's incoming is all that keen on it. Do you think that bill was a good idea and should progress? Well, it's a bit tricky uh, in the way that, you know, okay, in Australia it has worked to a certain extent. Uh, at the moment we have a situation in Canada, actually, Google um, agreed to pay their news, but they're paying about half of the money that uh, the government was uh, seeking from them. I argue that it's not just long, a long-term uh, solution and the platforms are there not for the long term. And uh, Meta is already pulling out of the news funding in the US, so so I think it can't be the long-term strategy. But in the meantime, though, should New Zealand get on board with this and the government accept that you know, it's happening all around the world, that the, the platforms have accepted, whether they've been coerced into it, they now pay for news. Well, we need some framework, but you know what happened in Canada, I go back to Canada because that's so fresh. Uh, so uh, in Canada, Google, when they agreed to the, uh, the to pay for the news, uh, they they can opt out now from the law. If that's the case in Canada, what happens in New Zealand? Would that be the same thing? You know, Google has already made uh, deals with the 47, I think, publishers. So I'm, I'm just wondering what that achieves and Meta will not come to the table. Uh, They are not on the table in Canada either. We need to look closely what's going on in Canada. There's a a stat in your new book uh, that says, this is dating back to January 2022, 35% of people using Facebook and social media for news. In one sense, you know, that's enormous. But in your mind, should we be surprised that it's not higher? 
Uh, 35%, I think it's quite high. When the news starts to lose the visibility in the Facebook and they have been downgrading uh, news pretty much on their platforms, same goes with their new Twitter competitor. So they say that hard news is not, uh, they don't care about hard news. So the visibility uh, of that verified journalistically produced content is disappearing and that worries me. But the statistics is uh, for 35% of people, their main reason for using social media is to read news stories. That's huge. Why, why is it then that the platforms have been um, ambivalent, you know, Meta in particular, you know, tweaking their algorithm, as we know in the past, with um, disastrous consequences for the traffic for news organisations? They they put the content and prioritise the content which creates for uh, more clicks for them and more advertisement uh, for them. The the platforms are there for the business. They are not for the news business, if you know what I mean. And five years ago when you first um, wrote about New Zealand uh, media organisations becoming dependent, a lot of the debate was about whether these companies should be considered to have editorial responsibilities. A line in um, your new book from Paper to Platform says uh, Facebook has started to accept it, it is a publisher. Why have they come to accept that? If we just say that they are the postmen and they're just delivering this content and they are just distribution channels, you take away that responsibility of the content they publish. And as we know, there's still a lot of you know harmful content uh, spreading on the uh, platform. So we need to think them as the publishers. And if you look at the New Zealand law and uh, legal uh, you know definition for the, what is a publisher, Facebook, for example, fulfills three out of four of those things. So uh, we need to think uh, them as a publicist. But is the attitude changing within the company and perhaps within other platforms too? Have they started to realise over the years uh, that it's it's not possible to, for them to hold this line of they're just the postman, not the um, the publisher? Well, I think this is constantly being tested now. And, you know, the, for example, in Australia, there were defamation cases. And, you know, they, uh, are, are they going to be um, um, responsible for the content is, which is published there? And the in Australia, High Court has actually found Google was responsible for one defamation case. So... No, the platforms don't accept that they are they are publishers because they don't want to take that responsibility of the content they publish. Yeah. Again, I think you were saying similar things five years ago. Uh, that our media companies here need to make sure they're not dependent on these platforms uh, for either for revenue or for audience. But that's easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, we saw, say, when the push came to shove over something like the COVID crisis. You know, government with a huge budget needs to get messages out. That was one of the major avenues for it. Facebook, social media, that's just where the people are. I mean, hard thing to say to media, plan for the future without these things, because at the moment, that's where people are spending their time. Yes, I know that. Uh, and it's uh, to a certain extent, it's true. But I don't believe that, you know, Google and uh, Facebook will be paying for news for a long time. And if you think that, you know, what is the consequence of, for example, leaving the platform, think about stuff, um, for example, when they left Facebook and they said that, OK, we estimated that we our traffic will drop about 20 percent. And then they said nothing happened. And uh, NPR uh, had a similar kind of experience at the U.S. Uh, public broadcaster. The traffic hardly had any impact. Uh, stuff has also left recently uh, X, as you know. Uh, let's see what happens with that. So they are all. 
already withdrawing. A lot of these news companies are already leaving the platforms. They have to have multiple revenue sources and maybe the platforms have a role there and maybe the government has a role there, but it has to be multiple sources. It can be uh, platform dependent because we can see that they can destroy the business models of the news outlets. Just look what happened uh, for the BuzzFeed and Vice. Where you say um, the platforms still resist this notion of having the responsibility of a publisher and prefer to be known just as the postman, the delivery mechanism, uh, you use the term patrons. You say they're now patrons of journalism and news. Um, I mean, partly that's because, you know, they have initiatives, they um, do training, they offer free tools like data visualisation and so on. But what should they do then to show genuine good faith if this dependency that you've outlined still exists and still is a risk for our news media? Well, first, perhaps they should stop downgrading the news in their services. So they should become like a socially responsible citizens, you know, and promote that, you know, verified uh, uh, content. Well, in a way they do that, though, don't they, through things like the Google News Showcase, for example. They deal with recognised news publishers, large and small, pay them some money for it. And that's, you know, a, a place on Google, one platform, for example, where they have sourced identified trustworthy, reliable news and put it in a service for people to find. They have done, but I'm, I'm looking for, uh, you know, ahead and um, what is happening at the moment. You know, the, for example, Google, uh, when they tweaked uh, recently the search functions in the UK, the visibility of the news outlets dropped like 30 to 40 percent. Every time they do something which suits their strategy, it can harm the news. And as the patrons, they also have that power to <laughs> either you know, continue to support the journalism or withdraw that when they want. So there's a power imbalance there. So, so for example, the, the Westport News, a uh, little small local newspaper, it's been in print for more than 150 years. In fact, it's just celebrated that milestone. They're shortly are going to introduce an app because they've put up their own online paywall, even for their, you know, pretty small audience and that has been done with the assistance of um, the Google News initiative so I mean that that's you would you say that's a good thing or is this an example of the sort of patronage you talk about which ends up being a kind of dependency you know that the Westport News wouldn't be able to do it without the generosity of Google some of the publishers I was uh, I was interviewing for a book said that you know the the Google has done more for them than any government or any other organization. So surely for some news organization, some you know good has been created. And and uh, but in the long term, I argue that that the revenue and the business models can't be dependent on that Google funding, like you know the Google payments. One of the major problems that media has with the platforms is. The, the algorithm, the way it works, and the fact that it can promote or uh, kind of bury their content. There was a lot of paranoia, perhaps, about this even five years ago when you started raising the issue of platform dependency uh, because it made the companies look secretive um, because, you know, it was basically a trade secret how the algorithms worked. Is that something that we can expect to see in the future that if they want to keep their privileged place in, in the market, they're going to have to reveal how those algorithms really work? Yeah, it's that's the ambition and that's the aim, of course, that we would know. And maybe they open up that uh, a little bit more, but I'm not sure that because it's a competitive thing for them. Also, remember that, you know, what is going to muddle the picture is the AI and chatbots and, you know, whole, which is creating whole uh, new kind of set of problems and challenges. And 
I, I'm not terribly optimistic because the transparency is not the best uh, feature. But in your book, you do uh, outline some of the things that uh, some of the biggest platforms, such as Facebook, have done to appear a little less opaque down the years. Um, for example, they're publishing all their terms and conditions, um, but also uh, things like an oversight board uh, for Facebook, and they've had to front up uh, probably against their will, but to various you know congressional inquiries in, in the US and parliamentary ones in the UK. So by and large, are they opening up a little more? And that is something to be welcomed? Uh, perhaps, you know, we know more about them than we did uh, five years ago. I give you that. But uh, uh, on the other hand, the purpose of them is kind of has always been the good PR and, you know, also responding to the regulatory pressures. So uh, I'm I'm a little bit sceptical. Yes, we know a little bit more. Uh, and the editorial boards, etc., like Meta uh, has established, uh, are, yeah, we can see their decisions, how they are making their decisions. But remember that editorial board also means that they're closer to the publisher. And in the book, you do say, mm. just finally, um, news businesses are now so integrated into platform services that it's difficult for news companies to differentiate themselves uh, in the media ecosystem. Practically impossible for them to avoid Google, for example. But you say news sites can withdraw from social media platforms. They are counterbalancing this dependence, even circumventing it with new things such as podcasts and newsletters, uh, which are their own, which they control. Is that something we should look for and maybe even encourage in, in, in our media companies. Yeah, I think that look at that resilience and build that, you know, together. Uh, I think that's the that's what we need to see that, you know, how do we make that resilience? What kind of, you know, support systems, you know, beyond uh, the the platforms uh, they can build? And uh, and then, of course, those revenue models are critical. So, yeah, people go and buy and subscribe to the new services. That was Dr. Maria Mililati, the author of From Paper to Platform, How the Tech Giants Are Redefining News and Democracy, a newly published book by Bridget Williams Books.